Welcome back to Fan Wonderland, and it's time to fall down the rabbit hole with us again. Before we begin this episode, make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening so you don't miss out on new episodes. Today we have with us Healer Boy, Heartfelt Arsehole, and fan of our show, Eden Murray Show. I gather I pronounced that name correctly? Yeah, you did. First shot. This is pretty impressive. Welcome, Eden, and thanks for giving up your time to chat with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Firstly, and the the main reason you join us is to talk about your new film, Bruce, which is releasing later this month. Yes. Which you wrote, directed, produced, and also starred in, which is (laughs) quite a nice bundle there. Um, And our our review will be somewhere in the press materials if you see the trailers. Uh, But, yeah, the the review we gave, it was I laughed, I actually cried towards the end, and it was a heartfelt comedy, something I never thought I'd say about a comedy, being heartfelt. (laughs) Uh, we, we gave it four and a half stars for those that are wondering so it's and that's out of five obviously but yeah that's <laughs> and initially and there's something you realize as you get towards it is halfway about 50 minutes in you're going well where's all the jokes and the laughs and then you by the end you realize it is more of a heartfelt story even though it's a comedy it's more of a heartfelt comedy than a full-blown laugh-every-minute-at-random-jokes comedy, which I think is a very different thing for the genre. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, um, yeah, I mean, part, part of the, uh, you know, um, they say you got to make them laugh before you make them cry, right? Um, and I think that with, you know, with Bruce, it, uh, it was kind of like, you know, we had, just this idea of like Aesop's fable kind of thing, you know, like what, what lesson would you, what lesson would I have wanted to learn earlier or, you know, uh, and, you know, that's what this is you find out with Bruce. Yes, he is an, he is an asshole. He is the biggest of assholes. Uh, he respects, understatement. <laughs> yeah, understatement. He respects no one, no, like, uh, and I also, uh, when Jesse and I, the co-writer on the film, we, we kind of, we love exploring characters like Bruce. Like, how can you make this big of an asshole redeemable? And relatable. And, and relatable, right? Like whether people, and, and that was another thing, like on the festival circuit of people that have seen the film where, you know, people are laughing at the end and they're like, you know, I know Bruce or I was Bruce. And it didn't matter if it was like a 17 year old usher or like a 85 year old grandmother with a walker. You know, it was a uh, it was a everybody knows an asshole. <laughs> everybody knows uh, think, that Bruce, and they might be. I think, I think it's very relatable on certain elements because I was going, I feel attacked. <laughs> That's what it used to be like. Like there's. Just like there's different parts of it that you can just yeah. go, I feel seen and that's not a good thing. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, but that's also too, right? That's why you make, um, at least for me, you know, as an artist, that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to make, you're trying to give people a voice. You're trying to, you want somebody to watch something and say, I feel understood or I feel seen or this, you know, this reminds me of myself. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's not the best thing. Um, but that's also okay because we're all works in progress. I, th- I think it's probably the best, the best review I've seen of it was that never never would I have felt that I could relate to such a big asshole by the end of the movie. <laughs> like that it's got that much of a journey that you're just going, there's no way I'm going to relate to this guy. 
Like, there's no way I'm going to sympathise with him. And then you end up sympathising with him at the end. And, like, I don't think a comedy's ever made me cry. And that did. I was just, like, at the end, and not to spoil anything for anyone, yeah. it's the end of it's so unexpected that you just, like, I was just in there crying. I'm going, what the fuck? Why am I crying? It's a comedy. <laughs> You're not meant to cry in a comedy. It's not normal. Like, yeah. what, how is this, like, and that, that to me is a good sign of a good film for me, is if you can make me cry when I don't expect to, mm. then you've probably done your job. Or if you can shock me, like you weren't expected to. And like we've, we had Braid recently. That was one that just stunned me because I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. And it's one of those scripts where you think it's predictable and then it just throws you for a curveball towards the end and just like, what the fuck? What the fuck Like that's, that's, yeah, what just happened? Like yeah. I wasn't expecting that to end like that. Like that's, it was different in that way of it's not your normal comedy of mm. what people would expect. Because I just read comedy, I'm like, oh yeah, comedy. And then you go into it, and you're just like, what the fuck? This ain't a comedy. This is yeah. not your normal comedy, as Hollywood promotes a comedy where you've got fart jokes and sex jokes and dick jokes all the, the way through. That's not that's not what Bruce is. It's yeah. it's yeah. got the fun. It's more I noticed environmental humor. I suppose more than like like yeah. I snickered at the stuff that wasn't deliberately a joke, yes. but was funny. Yes. I think there's like in the trailer, there's it. And Kerry, who we're having on later, is like, oh, fuck you, Bruce. <laughs> and I was just like, hey, it wasn't a funny scene. It was the way she said it and from where she yeah. said it. Yeah. And it was more like, fuck you. Yeah. And it was, it's that sort of different, like, for, for those that are listening in chronological order, we've got, we've got Jade up and we've had to eat him. And most of you know Jade Eshete, if I've got that correct, from Dirk Gently. And most of us aren't used to seeing her in a comedy as such. Although, although I, I would have liked to see her, I think, with a bit more comedy chops because I feel she's got it. Maybe a sequel. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think, but that's, see, the thing is, like, you look at, you look at a character uh, like Jade, you know, playing Carrie. I, I think about it a lot um, with, like, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin movies. Um, you know, you had Jerry Lewis, who was the guy that was all over the place, hilarious, you know, clowning, doing all these things. And then you had Dean Martin, who was playing the straight man. And his job, people argue, is actually harder because he has mm. to be the one that brings people into the world. And comedic timing wise, um, I feel like that job is actually uh, the harder one. So like the moment that you're saying, like the fuck you moment and all that, like for her to be able to layer that, you know. Um, and it's super intentional. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, like you said, Jay, Jay can do pretty much anything. <laughs> also, I think that's where it's, where it's different is that, as you said, now, you, now you've sort of pointed that out to our listeners, it's just more playing the straight shooter to your yes. complete asshole and yeah. there needs to be someone to ground it. Exactly. And although Kerry doesn't have that much screen time, it's she's, I suppose, the one that would ground it next to Greg, probably. Yes. Yes. And, and she also, she's also the person that doesn't take his shit more than, you know what I mean? More than any, more than anybody else. And she's, she is definitely the, the eyes for the audience. She's the audience's way in. Cause I feel like with, you know, 
with Bruce is interesting because he's the, you know, he's the wild one and everybody else in the world is actually normal, you know, for the most part, but he's the guy that's, you, that's just all over the place. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the one, the one I picked up on, you know, being a LGBTQA podcast uh, where, where uh, was the bit with the grandma and I was like, that's <laughs> really like, cause it's not a big spoiler as such. No, but, no, please. But the, the grandmother goes, so it's lesbian, gay, bisexual questioning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is pretty much every ignorant person exactly. in the world that doesn't bother to put the effort in to find out. Y- like, yeah, like as, as someone that's bi, I was like, okay, that's that's kind of funny. It'd be interesting to see the reaction from the rest of the community if they find that funny. Also, I would assume so because it's something we've all heard. Yeah, it's so just accused them for questioning. Uh, no, it's 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 queer, but it's not questioning. And because yeah. Bruce's sister in the film is gay, and so she, I think she was just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, she's <laughs> just... I mean, I would like to see that play out a little more and see his yeah. sister's reaction. But mm-hmm. again, you know, running time and story, so mm-hmm. you, you do have to lose some bits. Yes, but I like, think also TV too- series you explore that more. Yeah, and I feel like too you can, uh, for even from your response, you 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 kind of got what what of course what the uh, what what my sister in the C- Celestine, who's also an amazing actor, uh, was going through just that awkwardness. You know, like that awkwardness that just happens with families. You know, um, and I also think it's, again going back to the idea of just you know like watching movies, like what what really does happen. Um, and they're kind of honoring that and not, yeah, just honoring that. What happens in the family? Like, what would happen in like what would happen in this situation where the mom is trying her best to be genuine in her own best way, but she has no clue. You know, what inspired the film as such to to make it what we well, what we call a heartfelt comedy? What inspired the film was uh, it was just a lot of love. Um, well, re- okay, so the, ge- the genesis of it was Jesse and I, uh, we were, I, I jumped back and I was a teacher, I was an educator for 10 years, um, and uh, um, kind of quick, maybe not quick story is that uh, one of my students who was in my class for over three years uh, was killed in a drive-by shooting, and her name was Latina Bilbro. Um, and, uh, you know, she really believed in me. So I, I would be able to leave early to go to college because I was an assistant teacher. And she would always kind of, she would always encourage me and said, uh, you know, I, you know, I believe you, Mar- she called me Marichelle, but she's like, I believe you, Marichelle. Like, I know you're going to, you know, you're going to make movies. And, uh, you know, she would joke and say, you know, you're going to be famous. And, um, you know, when she passed away, uh, I just, you know, was staring at her in her casket and she was 18, you know, I had her when she was eight and it was, you know, she was 18 a week after 18th birthday. And I, you know, just was looking at her in her casket and just saying, you know, to her that, you know, I'm going to make, I'm going to do it. You know, I'm going to keep my word to you. So I stayed at the board of air for another year. Uh, and then I was like, you know, I got to go. I keep my word. I um, started a part of a new year's resolution, started an acting class. Um, Cause I wanted to get back into it. I was making my own movies on the side, like movies with my friends and family. I was like, I gotta meet professional actors. Um, I joined this acting class 
and I met my first, my second scene, I met Jesse, Jesse Wakeman. And then uh, a couple months after that, we decided to write Bruce. Uh, took us about nine months to write the first draft. It was 143 pages. And then we started passing it around to some folks. Cause we, we were, we were telling each other stories like, and we were like, yo, we kind of thinking of the same guy. Like, let's just take all these stories, put it together, you know, um, and make an 80s film, basically. So then we passed the script around to some people and really did not get a good response. The guys, you got a terrible response. So we shelved it for like five and a half years. And then I had a, had a, had a screenplay that I was shopping called Peanut that was like a love note to Latina. Um, had a bunch of meetings in LA, all got canceled. Um, and uh, I felt, I was like, wait, what? I'm sleeping on my friend Carlton's couch. All of these meetings got canceled. Like I spent money to come out here. I'm not rich, you know? Uh, then I called my partner, say so on the phone. And we both had the idea at the same time. I was like, okay, let's make, let's make, it was called hitting 30 at the time. It's like, okay, let's make, let's make that. Let's make Bruce. And uh, called Jesse for his blessing. He said, cool. Had $2,500 in the bank. Um, called a bunch of my friends so I could be accountable. I was like, guys, we're going to make this movie. Let's meet up at my house. We're going to read it. Boom, boom, boom. Everybody you see in that movie, I genuinely love. We kind of cramped up in our two-bedroom apartment um, in the city, and we read it. And then literally like a month later, we were shooting. It was a three-man crew. Uh my great friend Carl, uh, Juan Carlos Barrero, who DP'd it, and another great friend, Sasha Lewis, who, who was a jack of all trades, and, and myself. So it was a three-man three crew. And just a lot of love and sweat equity. Uh, I think it shows in that, even though it's what, what we call an indie, yes. it sort of has the, what I would say, say as a high high quality production thank you like in the fact that it's shot well it looks good like yeah. it doesn't look like an indie like that's and that, that's a credit to you in the crew no, it's, I, it's, I, it really does view like that like mm-hmm. you know it's it's a you know hollywood budget level sort of thing even though i know it's not <laughs> but like it just it just looks clean and good and like this, the soundtrack and everything. I think that's that's just the the credit to the film that it's it looks that that good. Really. Well, thank you so much. It was you know it was really wild because again, like we had love, and that was the thing. Like I feel like what adds to production value that gets overlooked sometimes is just is acting, right? So like uh, the fact that I had all of these really great actors in it that were also my friends. So I, I feel like, it's like, you know when you get food and you know the difference between when somebody plops food on your plate and when they actually, it's like a home cooked meal, you can taste the difference. I definitely feel like that that is what Bruce was. It was a home cooked meal. It was literally just like a bunch of us getting together, laughing our asses off every day, you know, going to sleep at one, waking up at five, loading up the gear into my car, going to work out just so I could have energy, coming back, you know, then driving into Brooklyn, shooting for another however many hours and and doing it all again. Um, But 
that was the most fun. We had so much fun. And uh, uh, lastly, this is like production value wise was, well, Juan is a super professional DP and did a lot of documentaries. So it was a lot of run and gun stuff. And then Sasha, I thought I was helping him out because he was like, you know, I want to get into film or whatever. I was like, yeah, man, come on. We're going to make this movie. Boom, 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 boom. And he says to me one day, he's like, you know, Eden, I got some equipment at my house, man. If you want to check it out. I was like, yeah, man, let's check it out. Went to his house. It's like a damn near like a, a production studio. Um, so he had all this great equipment. And the other crazy thing was it literally was a three-man crew. It was Juan, Sasha, and myself. And then if you look in the credits, you'll see that under ADs is like 50 something, is like 30 something names because I gave all the actors AD credits because they were doing a slate and they were, you know, they gave them second AD credits. Because again, it was like, it was a homemade movie, man. And to, and to give the listeners an idea of just how well the film's doing, on the list of the awards, we've got from 2017, we've got the American Black Film Festival Grand Jury Prize for Best Director, Dean. Yes. Yes. 2017 Urban World Film Festival official selection. Yes. 2018 New Voices in Black Cinema at BAM opening night film. Mm -hmm. 2018 Color of Conversation official, official selection. 2018 Martha's Vineyard African American Film Festival opening night film. HBO Award Best Film. That's a nice big one there for HBO. Yeah. Audience Award. And 2019 Denton Black Film Festival Invitational Film Selection. So that's a lot of black film festivals. Yes. That Bruce is doing really well at. Yeah. And that's that's a real credit to the diversity of the cast, the story, the fact it doesn't stereotype. It's something we cover a lot in a lot of episodes, is yeah. that a lot of films we've covered do not stereotype and it's super refreshing. And I think the one thing that I don't think is greatly detailed, mm -hmm. except if you do some deep digging on IMDB, mm -hmm. is how you promoted Bruce at South by Southwest. <laughs> yeah, but you definitely did your homework. Yeah, so basically, we didn't get into Sundance and uh, South by Southwest, but I made I made a couple films before. I was like, no, it wasn't good enough to be there. Uh, but I felt Bruce was. Um, so we were in my friend Sace and I were in my really great friend Lisa Lamatina's house, and. Uh, once we got like the the uh, the letter saying that we didn't get in, we came up with this idea to basically what we did was we we hopped um we took a plane to Vegas. We had uh, these big magnets, these three by five magnets that said uh, Bruce is an asshole um, on the side, and every asshole has his day. We we got these we got these big three 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 by five magnets. Three by five foot bags, had them shipped to Salt Lake City. Um, then we we flew to Vegas. We rented a uh, one of those Mercedes Benz Sprinter vans. We took these three by five magnets, smacked them on the sides of the van and on the back. And then there was a built in thirty two inch television. And we drove to because I I had been in a couple films that were at Sundance a couple years previous, so I kind of understood the landscape a little bit. And I was like, people. Are always getting like they need to get places because it's spread out. So we drove, and what we did was we were giving people free rides all over Sundance. The only kicker was we were playing the movie while playing the movie on a thirty-two inch screen while we were driving people around, and it was a really great experience. Like we met our lawyers who represented like fourteen films at Sundance. There, 
We we met a, a bunch of great people. Um, and then the other thing was we called it Crash Dance because we were like, all right, we didn't get into Sundance, so we were crashing it. And the last component to it was we couldn't be our own film festival if we didn't have a screening. So we were giving out these flyers with a link, a screener link that they could watch from like 8 to like 2 a.m. Um, and that was like, yeah, man. So we were out there and then we did the same thing at, uh, at South by Southwest. It went really well. It was it was amazing, like how much love we got. A couple times, uh, we we had to pull over in gas stations because people just wanted to sit and watch the whole movie. Um, it was really cool, really cool. And the the ones that people, the one main one people probably know you from. If someone's listening, going, "Who's Eden?" Yeah, Jessica Jones season two as Shane. The Shane yes. bit threw me until I looked it up. Yeah. So Shane Ryback, for those listening, that's seen mm-hmm. Jessica Jones. Eden yes. is the guy they call Healer Boy. Yeah. Healer Friend. Healer Boy, I think, is the one that goes by a lot of the time. That, that is in jail that can pretty much heal anyone by touching them. Won't say too much more because if, yeah, if you haven't watched Jessica Jones season two by now. <laughs> yeah. But, but that would be the one that a lot of people would know you from. And then you've mm-hmm. also been in Tallulah alongside Ellen Page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. insane. You've been alongside Ellen Page and Kristen Ritter. That's what was it like working with both of them? Well, actually, I did. My scenes weren't with them. Um, my scenes were with Alice and Jenny. Uh, but yeah, that was a that was a really cool. That was a really cool experience. Um, that was really yeah. That was a really just cool, you know, as an actor, man, it, it just, anytime you get to be on screen or work with people or learn, you know, so for me, it was really cool to just sit back and learn and just watch everybody and how everybody carried themselves. Um, it was just really, really, really cool experience. Jessica Jones was really amazing because it was the first set that I was on that it was so every 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 director on Jessica Jones is um, is uh, is female. So they don't have you can't at least from my experience there were no male directors, and there that balance of, of most things that I'm on is a lot of like you know a lot of is mostly men, um, and I don't know if it's a societal thing or nature whatever it is. There was just a very welcoming energy on that set. And you, again, uh, creativity at the heart of creativity, I think is vulnerability, just being able to be vulnerable. Um, and that's really hard to do when people are yelling and screaming all over the place, you know? Action, just go there, do that, blah, 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 blah. As opposed to this set, which was just, just completely loving and supportive and, um, just really wonderful and just really lent itself to like taking chances and trying things out. Um, I really loved that experience. That was amazing. The, the one, I also noticed you've been on Blue Bloods and then I saw Gotham and I was like, hang on, when was he on oh. Gotham? And then I dawned on me, Gotham was actually a TV movie once mm-hmm. I did some digging. Yes. Gotham, what's your favorite Gotham? Yes, Gotham was also a pilot on ABC years ago that did not get picked up. So again, like as an actor, you think that you're going to be like a series regular on a project or, you know, and you're really excited about it. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, it's not getting picked up. Okay. 
I thought things were going to change, you know, but that's to me, that's the great thing about like having a purpose, really wanting something. I feel like the one thing that doesn't get taught in school is, you know, we all get taught, you know, well, what do you, well, no, it's not even that. Most people focus on what they don't want. Right. And then they want, we wonder why we get a lot of what we don't want as opposed to, okay, like what do I want very, 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 very specifically? And then why do I want it? So for me, when I think about Bruce or I think about, you know, like leaving the board of education and all this stuff, like for me, it's the idea that I'm going to make sure that before I leave this planet, everybody knows Latina's name and just knows that she was a person that lived, that loved, that cared about me and I cared about her. I want to, you know, let my parents know that what all the things they did for me were not in vain. I want to let people know that dreams are real. Like you can really make them happen. You know, if you do things in a very certain uh, in, in a very specific way. So for me, that's enough purpose for me to like deal with losing a gig or, you know, making a film starting off with 2,500 bucks and not knowing where every, the next thing is going to come from. And that's the cool thing also about Bruce where, um, I actually said in my one of my acceptance speeches was the idea that we just had 2,500 bucks. That was it. And we decided to start the train where most people are like waiting for all the money to start. We had $2,500. We started the train. We jumped off the cliff and, you know, uh, just had faith that we would get caught. And then Gene Pope, who plays the dad in Bruce, He's like, hey, I want to see some of the dailies. Show him the dailies. He's like, oh, I want to put some money behind this. I'll pay for the post-production. And then, exactly. And the other cool thing about Bruce, I'm going all over the place here, but the other cool thing about Bruce is um, Daniel Clive McCallum, he did the music. He's, all, he's, he's, he's from Australia. And he added another dimension to the film. Any filmmakers out there that think about, please allocate some kind of something to having a real score it is another film just don't plot please don't just plot i mean if you have to you got to do what you got to do but the idea of just like plopping in music um is maybe not the best thing but yeah just going back to that point of you can make whatever you want to happen happen i don't even think you got to believe it at first you just got to be willing to take some action you know, like you did with your pockets. We were talking earlier, right? You're already 30 something episodes in. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What is that? What does that take? Most people won't do that. They do the first one and they quit. It's that purpose. It's the reason why you're doing it. Um, and that's also some of the energy that I hope comes from Bruce and some of the, you know, the things we were trying to like put out there into the universe. Yeah, I think that's as you said, that was, I think that's something that S.A. Bradley brought up with us also was, it might have been off air, but it was the fact that, yeah, a lot of people usually give up after they, like, they do one episode or, yeah, you know, he had friends that were really keen and like, oh, I'm starting a podcast. They do one and then they just leave it or they do like three, then let it die and say they're going on hiatus for, you know, a number of months without 
with our reframe moting or yeah whatever and that's that's the death of any art project whether it be a podcast or a movie if you're hyping it up and going oh here's another guest here's another guest and then just go silent for you know four months six months a year that's that's going to kill it for you pretty much it's going to be a very hard time to get back up if you don't yes. do it consistently or if someone doesn't see you tweeting for four months they're just going to assume oh it's over because if in this age of social media, you've got to keep feeding some sort of content, even if that's re-promoting an old episode, which we've done. Like mm-hmm. if we're having a break or two, a week or two break between recording episodes, uh-huh. we still go, hey, while we're, while we're lining up more guests for you, have a look at these 10, which we did on Instagram. Like we're like, here's a 10 of our pick, you know, just to cover your weekend or something like that. As long as you're pushing out some sort of, here, come listen, go listen to this or go watch this or whatever that may be. It's it's keeping it alive, whether that's a film or, you know, that's how their film succeed is putting out trailers. That's why they usually put out like two or three leading up. Most people expect, okay, we'll get a trailer like six months out, then two months out. Like that's, if you just do one and then leave it until the air date, you're mm-hmm. probably not going to get, you know, many asses in seats when it opens. Yep. Like that's that's the death of any film is if you don't you don't put another trailer out nowadays then you know, the the hype around it's not going to go up it's just going to sit there and go yeah they obviously don't care uh, you know like Marvel can do that because that's Marvel you know they will go oh we we're, we're not going to drop another one for a little bit longer or mm-hmm. until after this film's out you know they're not yeah. going to do another Spider Man one until after April because and everyone's aware of that and everyone knows why. But like, if you're a smaller film, you can't, you don't really have the flexibility to go, "Hey, I'll just release one trailer and leave it at that." Yeah. Like, you know, especially if you do it like six months out and then don't do another one until it screens. Like, how are people going to know it's coming up? That's how right. How are people going to remember all the films coming out? That's right. That's the sort of thing that, mm-hmm. as I say, if you don't promote it or you know, and that's that's why we happily pick up the indie films because there's a lot of ones that don't. Uh, I know Sean, who we had a while back got knocked back by a lot of ones and we were like, yeah, we'll take him. And yeah. it was, it was one of our most emotional episodes. And like, that was because we just said yes. Like we'll rarely say no to an indie film. Like if it appeals to us, we'll take it. Um, awesome. And if we've got the time, we'll take it. Like, mm-hmm. because as I think I was saying to you off air is if we can get someone in, because if, you know, say someone comes in and goes, Oh, I remember Ed from Jessica Jones. And mm-hmm. then they go, okay, what's this, what's this Bruce film? Oh, this sounds interesting. I'll go see that. Then we've done our job because that's you know that's all we want to do is go. Hey, you know this person from this. They're also doing this. Go have a look at it because it's also good. Mm-hmm. Like because the indie ones don't get as much reach as a lot of other ones do. So that's yeah. why we're trying to go. Hey, just because they're popular doesn't mean all their films get the notice it deserves. I mean, it took Jennifer Lawrence like you know star power for everyone to go. Oh, she has a heap of indie films that none of us ever watched. Like that's mm. that's why we're trying to go. Hey, you know, just because they've got a good popular role in this show, doesn't mean their films are getting the same promotion because they're not. Yeah. And so if we can help change that, then that's really the real aim is to go. Hey, it's a heartfelt comedy. Like, how many heartfelt comedies are you going to see this year? Yeah. Probably not many. You probably see like you know, Kevin Hart and a heap of comedies or whatever with dick jokes and stuff, and then you've got Bruce that's like a this heartfelt comedy that makes you re- relate and sympathize with an asshole. Like 
I haven't had a film do that yet until <laughs> brief. So it's like, I appreciate what, that. What, what can the film do? And I think that's, that's really the, the key here is this. And for those listening, Bruce is releasing in the US this month. Yes. It's, and and to, to wrap up, Jessica Jones season two is streaming now on Netflix. So you'll be able to see it. In, it's only four episodes, but yes. yeah. And Bruce is releasing in cinemas in the US March 15th. Worldwide, we get announced later. Yes. Yeah, March, March 15th, and we will link the website in the description below if you want to know where. I think I saw Atlanta as one of them. Yes. Um, it's a, in a lot. I assume you'll be able to tell us how many states it's in. It's in 24 cities. There we go, 24, 24 cities. So chances are that's that's almost half of the US. So you've got no excuse. Go say it. <laughs> and that's a solid point. Yeah. So I've been your host, TJ, alongside Eden Marishow, and yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. All right. Thank you.